well, uh, so excited today to have an opportunity to speak with um, Richard Elliott from 88 Films. And, uh, and Richard, I'll, uh, before I get into to why uh, specifically, I, I just want to say thank you so much for making time for me. Hi, Chris. No problem at all. Good to, good to talk to you. Wonderful. Well, so back in this, this story with 88 Films starts for me all the way back in 2001. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I was at a film festival in Dallas where I was going to university and they put on, it was an Asian film festival and they put on this little film from 1991 called The Story of Ricky. And I left the theater just, I didn't, I had no idea what I just saw. And all I could know was that I loved it. <laughs> Unbelievably. And I picked up this old Tokyo uh, Shock DVD that I actually still have. You know, we're not on video. I'm holding it right now. Just assuming that this was the only chance I'd ever have to own this on disc. <laughs> um, and lo and behold, about two years ago now, maybe a year to two years ago, you have to correct me on the exact date, but all of a sudden I hear there's a two or three disc hard slipcase edition of Rikio coming out. And I said, okay, I'm going to support 88 Films <laughs> now. I love these guys. Um, so thank you so much for putting this out. No, no problem. Uh, was that the first first um, disc of ours that you were aware of? Is it? So yeah, I, you know, I live here in the U.S. and I know, and, and I know now you have a U.S. line, and I'm current up to number eleven. So I'd certainly want to get into that. But at the time, yeah, this is how I discovered eighty eight films. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, brilliant. I mean, we, that was probably like our three hundredth release or something. <laughs> yeah, we've been going going a while. Um, well, that's great. I mean, it's a yeah, that, that came together really well. I mean, I think everything, the, the cover art, the um, booklets and the extras and bits and pieces, the sat, you know, we did some regrading on it, got some really good quality soundtracks and stuff. So, yeah, that came together really well. I'm very proud of it. And it did, you know, it did sell pretty well as well. So, um, yeah, that's what we, you know, that's always well, a bonus. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so, that was one of my questions. I'm so happy to hear that. So, you know, and I and I want to even ask a little bit about category three, but before I get into all of that, let's go back because you made a comment that I'm super interested in. So you said about your 300th release. So 88 films, just as a company, um, super fascinating to me. Y'all have been around since 2012, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, our first release was in uh, March 2012. It was a, a full moon license. Our original kind of our original deal was was. You know, with with Full Moon, Charlie Bands, um, and yeah, Petting the Pendulum, and that's it. Yeah, we've been, you know, not looked back really. <laughs> it's been, uh, yeah, I can't believe it's still going really. It's and where the time's gone, but uh, yeah, it's been great. Well, you, you're you're covering, you know, your history covers a lot of my favorites. So uh, I know people in general have kind of a mixed working relationship with Charles Band nowadays, but um, but he his content and his titles are always popular, and I know they sell well. You put out a lot of trauma films in your history, uh, which is a, is a soft spot for me. I love I love trauma's work. Um, we actually um, we actually started well originally. We were our first deal with, was with um, trauma, and it just sort of kind of fell through right before the full moon thing. Um, could could <laughs> really differently, to be honest. But uh, yeah, but we did obviously go back to them. But I mean, you say about Charlie, I I I've never had. 
an issue with him at all. I, I know, I know he's got a reputation, but I mean, I, I couldn't, rec- you know, he's the nicest guy, you know, treats us, treated us brilliantly. Um, and we had a good working relationship, you know, for the period that we were kind of in partnership and releasing his titles. So he was, he's a great guy. It's fantastic. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Okay, great. Um, and what was, you know, what can you, can you go back kind of to the beginning and just, what were you doing right before 88 films and, and, uh, you know, what, what made you kick it off? I guess that's, that's a fascinating kind of way to get going. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, there's it, two of us basically, um, myself and my business partner, James, yeah. and we, we met both working at another, another label, um, you know, and we got on pretty well, very well together straight away and, you know, sort of spent most lunchtime together, just going coffee, having a chat, whatever about, you know, football or whatever. Um, uh-huh. And then, you know, after a while, we kind of thought it'd be quite nice to, you know, we're both a bit sort of itchy feet at the, where we're working. Um, and we thought it'd be kind of good to maybe have a go at setting something up, the two of us. And our initial idea was um, wedding videos. We're going to do that. Um so we threw and thought, come here, because we, you know, we can shoot and edit and all that sort of stuff. And you know, it's it was kind of using that skill, that kind of skill. Um, so we did a bit of research, set up a website, went to a wedding fair, thought this is interesting, you know, if we could do this. And then obviously we hadn't put much thought into it because we kind of realized pretty quickly that anybody booking a wedding video is going to be booking a year, two years ahead. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> so, we have to work <laughs> out we can make any money. Yeah, got that on pretty quickly. Um, and then, yeah, what else can we do? What we, you know, what we were doing at the time. So, um, you know, and I won't mention the label we're working at, but um, we made a conscious effort to do nothing like what they were doing at all. Okay. All totally with um, different distributors, different sales agencies, totally different genres of films and stuff like that. You know, and um, but it kind of set up and and left as, as quickly as we could, kind of thing, really. So yeah, it was. You know, that's that was it. Oh, that's you know, that's great. Scary, and and I read an interview back all the way back in 2014 um, by a I think a Belgian publication or something. Like I, we were talking a little bit about before. It's difficult to find interviews with y'all. Um, another reason I'm so happy you're you're here, but. Uh, you had mentioned at that time that you were avid VHS collectors. Is that something that you still do? Um, I mean, well, yeah, we've got quite a quite a few shelves of VHSs over here. Kind of, I mean, a lot of them are stuff that we could maybe kind of related to to what we were doing in terms of releases and stuff. But yeah, still quite a few. Unfortunately, every time we buy a player, it seems to go wrong within about two minutes. So many <laughs> more, but. Um, but yeah, I've got quite a, got quite a few. Well, you're, I mean, yeah, certainly you're buying them used at this point, right? And so you never know how they, the players right. have been treated. Exactly. Yeah. We, I mean, it's <laughs> a couple of times, and we just think, well, so I guess beyond VHS, then would you say that you're just a collector of physical media in general, outside of what you're doing at 88 Films? Uh, well. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, not to the extent of a lot of our customers. My goodness, some of those <laughs> some of their shelves are pretty impressive. You know, and they sort of send pictures and stuff over to us, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I was saying to you earlier, I you know I, I picked up a load of four Ks yesterday when you know went into H and B and bought 
bought some stuff that I wanted, you know, have a look around at the competition, all that kind of stuff, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm still, I mean, I don't I, I mean, I'm quite an extensive iTunes library as well. Um, but no, I, I, I definitely love the physical stuff. Yeah, and, you know, and probably got too many again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is the constant struggle, right? Because there, there's only so much you can put on shelves, but there's a lot more that, that you want to have. I've already had to do one uh, purge this past Christmas because um, we just, you know, we don't have a mansion. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I have to get rid of some of the stuff I love. Um, <laughs> it does. It does. It does. In fact, I, I have it in a separate closet just in my to give away or sell pile. And I've been very slow to do it, <laughs> much to the um, frustration of my family. So it's, that's coming soon. Um, okay, so so going back, I uh, started with Full Moon and Trauma. Uh, and, you know, I think one of the things that I've, I've been fascinated with in just the last two years, you can say, as I've kind of, you know, gotten to know you, um, is there's quite a wide diversity in the titles you put out, especially if we're talking about Region B. Um, just for a moment before we get into your U.S. line. Um, uh, the best I could kind of think of it, I'm curious if, if this is right, you know, for every anaconda and species box set that's released, mm. um, I'm hoping that those sell incredibly well for you. And my the way that I kind of view it is, although those movies are super fun and, and, and worth a, a good release, and I own them both, by the way, um, mm. but for every one of those, it allows you to put out Beecher Sensi or On the Run in a Slipcase or, you know, Shaolin Wooden Men. Like it, I, I, I kind of view it as there's a, there's the films that you put out that you have a, a higher confidence will be extremely commercially viable, which then allows you to put out kind of passion projects. Am I right? Or am I, am I way off? Um, well, no, no. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's, I don't, I don't necessarily think of it like that, I suppose. You know, we generally, you know, we're in a very fortunate position now where we can take more of a risk on a title that that perhaps won't be quite so commercial, but we'd still love to do anyway. Um, but I don't necessarily think what we're doing, you know, we've got this title, so I'll, I need to get something to pay for it kind of thing. Um, but yeah, okay. another, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, between... James and I, we we you know we enjoy a, a wide variety of, of genres and 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 you know films from different decades and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I I, I like I I see the absurdity in in releasing a box set of you know a decent kind of a decent first film followed up by its kind of DTV kind of titles. I mean, we've done that several times. Um, and that tickles me, to be honest. <laughs> but then, <laughs> I know we did last summer, Anaconda, that kind of Hollow Man. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, and I love the first films, and I kind of enjoy the, you know, the follow-ups in a, in a different way. Um, and, you know, we just try and package them as nice as we possibly can do. Um, yeah. I, I will, to your point, I will say, I was going into Anaconda 3 super sceptical, and it actually, <laughs> I kind of had a fun time with it. <laughs> That's it. As long as you, yeah, if you if you sit there and 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 say, well, I want to watch an, an Anaconda film that's just, you know exactly the same as the first one, but done on you know a tenth of the budget, it's not going to happen, is it? But to view it as a, as a, for what it is, yeah, um, I, yeah, I think that it's well worth that kind of. I mean, we're trying to get more together to be honest of, of those kind of collections. Um, 
you know, you know kind of interesting. So. Oh, well, that's exciting to hear. I mean, this is, you know, the kind of interesting thing where we're in right now, where uh, I think, you know, it, it feels like to me, and you tell me if, I, if I'm if I'm off here, but it feels like if I was going to be in charge of a boutique label, um, you know, the temptation is to put out a lot of movies. I think you all cover, at least in what I own from you, a lot of stuff from, let's say, the 70s to the 90s seems to be your kind of sweet spot. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's, uh, in the case of species or anaconda in you know like i know what you did last summer and some of these there's you know films that were maybe put out in the later 90s early 2000s that are essentially going to be lost because maybe there's not a huge demand for anaconda's trail of blood by itself but there's an opportunity to you know put it out as like you said in this kind of box set and at least keep it and preserve it that way yeah yeah i think so um, that's great. Yeah, I know it's. I'm, I'm just looking at now at species. I'm, I'm about to start the uh, species series from y'all, so I'm just looking at species: the awakening, <laughs> and maybe there's another one kind of like that. That it's so it's fun that it's in this box set, just because you know it may not have as big of an audience as the first species, but it's going to be a fun watch. I know. Yeah, and I think it's 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 the way to do it. I mean, we we did. Um, American Ninja as a series years ago and we didn't know what we were doing at the time we did a kind of like a really cheap set of them all in one case and then we did a did them all individually and then we did like an individually with a box set from our website and stuff and it just you know it, it almost went a bit wrong really. <laughs> nobody wanted to buy three and four individually you know um, so yeah but this 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 is the way to do it I think and uh, yeah, that's how we would have done it with a bit more experience back in the day. But well, well, I hope they continue to be wildly successful for you. Um, that that you, you brought up a, an interesting point in what you just said about packaging. So, I I think that y'all are quietly and and you know maybe quietly is not the right word because people talk a lot about um, you know packaging, and I just I just think that y'all have really hit a sweet spot in your packaging. I love the hard slipcases you're putting out, the booklets that you're creating, the full-size posters, the features. It just seems that uh, y'all have really kind of hit your groove and the releases that are coming out for On the Run or Robotrix or Hatchet for the Honeymoon or Black Cat. I mean, these releases are the Young Master, like, fantastic releases. Um, how did you, you know, what, can you walk through the process of how you kind of landed on the slipcase and, and, uh, and just, you know, how you decided to to put out these masterful editions? Oh, very kind words, thank you. Um, it, we did, yeah, it was, we did literally sit down and say, uh, you know, we, were, we had a couple of turbulent years, sort of 2018, 2019, with um, distribution and bits and pieces, and I think X Men HMV went bust for like a third time or something, and, uh -huh. and stuff, and, and we, we did literally sit down and say, what, you know, what can we do to to sort of improve the, the business and, and give it all longevity and all that sort of stuff? And you know, and we were selling. I mean, we were selling stuff so cheaply through this agent we had. You know, we we're selling tons of stuff, but making no money whatsoever. Okay. Um, and it was just like well, we need, we need to you know we need to to sort of improve improve basically on all elements. You know, um, we need to sort of take control of of them. I mean, because up to that point, barring a couple of crowdfunds. 
most masters we were releasing were just kind of supplied and we maybe did a bit of a dust busting or a little bit of tweaking a grade or whatever but they weren't you know essentially they weren't our masters okay um, so we sort of said well we need to make a conscious effort to just sort of have more control really um and to improve you know the quality and, and looking around at what other labels were doing and trying the best to you know to, to match that i mean it's hard it's just the two of us um you know we work with a load of brilliant kind of freelance people um but and, and it definitely has been, you know given me a few more gray hairs that's for sure over the last few years but um you know it it, it was a deliberate thing we you know we wanted to get the masters looking as good as possible sound sometimes all that sort of stuff and yeah and and spend more on the packaging basically make them more desirable try and sell out the first print quicker you know yeah. it goes into into discount kind of thing yeah um, so yeah that's, that's that's been our strategy you know and and we're just trying to work with brilliant artists and good writers and you know and, and just do what we can to make, you know make them how we'd want them to be basically you know just try and take us out of the business you know tempt us to buy it that's the idea so um yeah that it's working um kind of as a follow-on to that do you remember the first time you heard either a frank jang or mike leader in arna uh, commentary do you, do you remember it just were you like oh wow we've we've got it like this is great stuff um yeah well yeah yeah I, 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 yeah yeah i mean we were dealing with mike mike and arnie first frank came on a bit later but yeah they were yeah, they've been really good. I mean, we don't work with Mike anymore. Um, but yeah, um, they're good guys, especially Frank. I mean, Frank, we're working with continuously. <laughs> he's, he's got a very long list of stuff to, to do for us. But uh, well, they're just both. I mean, I guess, you know, we both of the, both of them, I think, in their own ways are just so entertaining and, and, and just know so much casually just about, you know, the films that they're speaking on. So it, it's I always love putting on one of their commentaries um are you there's I'm trying to remember the name is it constellation or there's a there's a company that produces that, that distributes a lot of these Shaw Brothers films um is it is it because you're not it's not you're not dealing directly with Shaw Brothers Studios right it's like a it's oh a, Celestial yeah well no they Celestial. have to, yeah, Celestial yeah they, they own a good it's, I think it's all of them, pretty much, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Celestial's the one I was thinking of, yeah. So that I noticed that, at least in the U.S., um, uh, maybe we can. Maybe this is a natural point to switch to the U.S., because I notice, other than number one, which I do want to talk about shortly, because uh, I just saw Gestapo's Last Orgy. <laughs> what a wild movie. Um, <laughs> but other than that, uh, I believe 2 through 11 are all Shaw Brothers films, right? Um, and so is this, is your US line going to be um, primarily those releases, primarily Shaw Brothers? Or, yeah, I'm just curious about that because I am absolutely loving them so far. I was just curious if that's intentional. Um, well, okay, yeah, so we'll, we'll, the first, I mean, we we distribute through MVD in the States. Um, okay, yeah. And they had been, Sort of chasing us for quite a long time, really. Um, and we you know just like so busy, basically, that we kind of like, we had a chat about it at some point, and it never really happened. <laughs> okay. Um, and then 
kind of part of all this, like I said, of just sitting down, looking at the business and what we're going to do, you know. Um, part of that was, well, if we're going to have a crack at releasing stuff to, in, in America, which is, you know, something we had talked about on and off over the years, we need to do it, you know. We need, you know, we need to sort of, because it's not kind of now or never kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know how we did it. I mean, definitely, Gestapo's last orgy was meant to be a UK release. We put it through the the censors over here, the BBFC, and they outright rejected it. So you can't release that in this country. Oh no way! Um, yeah, which doesn't happen very often. Um, and to be honest, they don't cut a lot of stuff either anymore. But they they wouldn't offer us any cuts or anything. They just said no. The tone of this not not happening, basically. And, Wait a minute! Uh, this wasn't this was in two thousand one. No, right. no, 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 this was... I mean, I mean, t- 2021, I'm sorry. Um, they So even in 2020 or, you know, whenever you were giving it to yeah, them yeah. in 2000... Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, and, oh. and the process was then, if you want to appeal, it's £5,000. Um, <laughs> you fail, you don't get it back. You know, you just lose it. And if I think even if you win, you don't get it back. So it's kind of like... Uh, Maybe not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think many people appeal, to be honest. Um, so we kind of thought, well, because we first of all, I mean, this was kind of we'd licensed the film and we'd made a, a you know, maybe you've seen it, so you know how good it looks. Uh, we made a you know really really good looking master. Yeah. The negative, you know, scans the negative. Um, and then obviously once that was completed, we put it through PBFC, and then we're like, oh god, what are we going to do? Because we pay for the license, pay for this master, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, and and very, 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 very fortunately and kindly, uh, you know, the people that we licensed it from allowed us to swap territories, and that kind of, you know, that kind of became our first release. Weirdly, it was, uh, yeah, yeah that's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, well, um, I mean, this is what this is what and I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just thinking on that point. You know, this is what I love about. What boutique labels are doing in general, and then you know, eighty-eight films. There's an interview with Luigi Cozzi on there that you know, after you see the movie, I think it's one of those ones where you're like, it just takes a minute to kind of process what you just saw. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, right? I was, I was joking with a friend that there's a, uh, I, I, love, I have a friend that watches a lot of these, these type of uh, more depraved movies, whatever you want to call it. And I was saying, yeah, well, there's somebody currently giving a barrel job to a gun. And he was like, sold. I'm going to go buy it. <laughs> um, uh, but there's, a, there's you know, that interview with Luigi Cozzi paints the picture of what was going on in Italy at the time, how, how the you know, censorship, how the sort of the success of Night Porter made for this little niche genre of Nazi exploitation films some background on Cesare Canaveri. Uh, and then he joked at the end about how he'll never watch this movie, but he has an idea about what's going on from the title. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think like, you know, it, it makes me sad that, that, or it makes me happy that that exists and sad that there's companies that are still blocking that because like, what a fascinating little piece of history, right? Well, that's it. Well, that's, that's exactly how you know. I think probably everybody else sees it. It's it's history, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
it has come out, it's happened. I mean, to, to, to say it and to, you know, to, to ban it and say nobody's allowed to watch that, I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, yes, you would probably not make a, a film, a new film like that now, and then probably very good reasons for it, but it happened, you know, it exists and, and people should be able to watch it in its historical context, you know? Yeah. Like with, um, I mean, recently we put out kind of a holocaust on on UHD and we has to we had to lose I mean there's don't ask me why there's obviously there's obviously you know animal cruelty in there and why that was ever a thing in these Italian films you know I, who knows I mean I guess it's shot patcher isn't it but you know that's what happened <laughs> that's what happened in a lot of them and yeah to be fair well they let almost all of it through apart from literally one 16 second shot of the um is it the Cotamundi, whatever they're called, you know, being pierced by the, the guy's knife kind of thing through the jaw. And but I mean, you know, turtle gets pulled to pieces and all that sort of stuff. I, I just I don't know. But you know, th- this thing happened what 30, maybe 40 years ago, whatever it was, you know. Right, right, right. Three years ago. I mean, I just gotta look at it in its context, I think. Obviously, have a you know, put plaster whatever warnings you want to over it, but don't cut the thing. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, you look at something like Cannibal Holocaust versus Cannibal Ferox, and I think in a way, Ferox is almost worse because, you know, Holocaust was at least trying to kind of make a point, mm. and then Cannibal Ferox was just trying to make a buck. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the difference um, between the two. Yeah. Same man from Deep River as well. I mean, that was Lindsay, wasn't it? Just literally, literally just, I guess it's a shock factor, isn't it? It's just trying to get, you know, get bombs on seats, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, it's funny, actually, just on the last point about this before we, before we move on from Orgy, it, it made me smile that Luigi Cozzi was the mature, dignified man in the room speaking about kind of very... Because uh, Cotty's made some some you know kind of crazy films as well, so that just I don't know that put a smile on my face. Um, he was the distinguished gentleman in the room. Um, <laughs> but um, so so from there, then starting with Chinese boxer, disciples of Shaolin, flag of iron, legendary weapons of China, monkey kung fu, Shaolin mantis hero, human lantern, martial club, and then flying guillotine part two. Um, that's where I'm up to right now of your U.S. releases, and I know there's a bunch more on pre-order. Um, are you looking at doing about you know four to six a year? Are you trying to get into like like what's kind of the pace um, that you're trying to hit for the U.S. market? We're tr- trying to do more than we're currently doing. Um, it's just it's just the longer lead times, to be honest, is is kind of getting in the way at the moment, and especially like I say with. Well, I'm not some recording, but I was sent to you earlier that um, you know mm-hmm. HD is how long it takes. Now, nothing goes wrong. Um, it's we've just had a you know it's been a bit been a bit tricky the last kind of six nine months, but um, you know we'd have quite a lot of titles licensed for the states. I mean, um, just on the list up now, just to refresh my memory. We're probably still down to what human uh, Mark Flying Guillotine Two. So we've got. It's 11, isn't it? Yeah, we're down to 26 now in terms of upcoming titles. Um, in fact, I've got some more right there. So, we, yeah, we'll, and we'll get as many as we can of those out this year, to be honest. We'll just have to see how quickly everything gets done, really. Okay, wow. So 26 releases. That's amazing. Um, and as far as 
you know, I know that for the region B releases, uh, your, you know, your pace is, is far above that. Um, I, I guess so I'm, I'm just curious, I guess, in, in general, without getting into the specifics of your business, uh, is the region A stuff going well for you? Is, are the sales pretty good in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our distributor, you know, when I'm meeting them fairly recently, and they they were over the moon um, how you know how they were doing. And yeah, I'm not, I can't complain. So definitely gonna gonna carry on. That's for sure. Oh, that's that's so great to hear. Um, yeah, I think there's a few companies from Region B that have set up a pretty good, um, you know, series of of releases here in the U.S., but um, it feels like, anyways, I'm, I'm very happy to hear y'all are successful. Uh, we need a lot of the stuff that you're putting out. Um, it, it feels to me, and I don't know if I, I say this kind of half joking, but a lot of these titles feel like you're you're trying to just complete your shelves on on some of these <laughs> movies that everybody loves. Uh, do, do you ever feel like that as a, as a, you know, kind of a director of this label? Do you ever just feel like, oh, no, my I need a, some more Jackie Chan stuff. Let's go see what licenses are available. Uh, is and, you know, is that kind of how you approach this or how, how do you think about when you're acquiring a, you know, a whole bunch of new films like this? Is there, is it just kind of passion led or how do you, how do you come up with a lot of these? Oh, cracky. It's all, I mean, there's so many different reasons for, for titles and, uh, and different places to get them from and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, definitely it can, I mean, you know, we do a lot of agents, so you can get presented with a, a list of availables basically. So, I mean, you know, that's fairly easy. <laughs> you know, do you want, you know, um, and, and other times it can be, well, I mean, with, with the studios, sometimes their lists are not very good and you, you just kind of bombard them with titles that you'd love to do and see, if, you know, occasionally the other one sticks. Um, and, uh, or, you know, you're literally trying to track down a, you know, some sort of lead on who might own the rights to a particular film, you know, a, the original producer or, or, or whatever you know and you, you spend months trying to <laughs> you try and track somebody down and, and then find out they don't have the rights or whatever you know but uh um but yeah i mean generally obviously if you have something that's doing fairly well and and you enjoy working on then we try and try and get some more of them <laughs> you know we have we sort of have these well, we've had several i think it's probably what distinguishes us, us a little bit from other kind of boutique labels in, in the UK. So we've had these kind of distinct uh, series, you know, we had the Slasher collection, um, yeah. which we got to 50 on. It's getting quite hard to find many more of those because everybody else has put the rest out. Though I might, <laughs> might have a lead on a few actually. Um, and then we had this Italian collection, which kind of seems to be going on for, you know, forever and ever. We're at like 80 something now, whatever it is, um, you know, but, and they love those films, I absolutely adore almost everything in there is just fantastic um not maybe nobody agrees i don't know but i think they're brilliant um and then obviously the asian lines and whatever so um yeah i guess we've tried to continue those as much as possible um yeah sure sure brothers is a i should say this on 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 record or not really but um sure brothers was something we did all right. I mean, they don't sell loads, but they, they we enjoy working on them and they do quite well. Um, but obviously, I think Arrow have started doing quite sort of big box sets with them and have had access to the negatives and stuff, which we were never given access to. So that's kind of a bit, I don't know, I've lost enthusiasm for those, to be honest, a little bit. 
um, which is a shame because people people do enjoy them. We do get requests from all the time, but it, yeah, um, it was a shame that we we weren't given first dibs on a lot of the titles that they that they put out. But, um, because you know we were the first people in the UK on Blu-ray anyway to be you know, a lot of these deep catalog titles out you know from their library. Um, but hey, oh. <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not exclusive, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess at least the good news there is that they have what they're putting out hundreds of films a year, right? Uh, I don't know their schedules like mine. I don't think it's hundreds. No. It's, uh... oh, okay. Well, I don't know. It's it, or their their catalog is very deep anyway. So yeah. hopefully, the, hopefully, there's there's still some some good stuff there to be farmed. Um, I guess you're, you're talking about categories. There, there's just kind of two main questions I have left. So, um, uh, Riccio and Robotrix, and forgive me if there's more, those are the two Cat 3 titles that I own. Mm. Um, and, you know, the, obviously Cat 3 has uh, a wide range of, of films that kind of fall within that. Some of them get pretty nasty. <laughs> um, but are you planning on putting more Cat 3 titles out? God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we have plenty more of those in the pipeline, that's for sure. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, any, yeah. any that you can tease, or, or would you like to just surprise us with them? Um, I think, well, I think people know it leaked out that untold stories we've got through Uncut, uh, through BBFC very recently. So that's coming. Uh, we recently released Ebola Syndrome as well, Uncut. Um, oh, of course. Of course. Ghost Story did really, really well for us. And yeah, there's, there's a, a few others. We've got, um, I don't, well, yeah, I suppose I could tell you we've got Taxi Hunter coming up. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I probably shouldn't say more than that, to be honest, but yeah. Oh, no, no. yeah I'm happy to let you keep your secrets. That's very exciting to hear. Um, those movies are just so, I don't know, that was one of the most unhinged creativity, like periods of filmmaking. Yeah. So um, that's exciting. Uh, and then uh, I guess kind of the one of the last questions I feel like I, I just I kind of have to cover is I, I read in an interview or you, you alluded to the 88 films comes from Back to the Future. Um, any any background on kind of how you chose that name? Was it just as simple as you love the movie? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I mean it was we were just brainstorming ideas and um, I think we got to B movies, which was blow Elliot movies surnames and you know designed this little big thing and we just weren't really up for it weren't really enjoying it <laughs> weren't really feeling it at all. okay um and i don't know i just yeah i just i just sort of blurred out AA films because it's obviously it's the speed you've got to get to to go back you know back in time when i went forward in time um and yeah i love those films love those films so that's it that's that's it really you know there's no no kind of more in in depth about you know there's nothing else to it really that's that's what it is and it kind of, you know, it kind of it sets a picture for the sort of films that we, you know, that we kind of that we release generally. It is, you know, we can do. Um, and it, yeah, I think it works. It works all right. Well, um, I love it. Uh, and if, if you, I mean, you don't have to do this, but for what it's worth, you, you were talking earlier about collectors and, you know, their their shelves. Um, one of the things that I found to be very helpful for people like me that tend to try to go complete. Um, even if stuff is out of print or sold out, if there's anywhere where some of the, um, 
the history of the you know company can be chronicled or cataloged uh, to make it easy for people to find. Uh, just I'll, I'll give you that you know little little tip. There's lots of folks that will discover you know one or two of your movies and want to kind of dive in. Um, so if if that's a not to give you more work here, but if if you ever have anybody or an intern or anybody who can go through and just kind of publish a a catalog somewhere of all your releases in order, um, so that curious people can go find them and make sure they own them, um, I think that would probably help your you know probably help you in the long run because I think for for people like me that discover you through Ricky O, now I'm going back and trying to capture as much as I can, um, and I always have a feel that I'm missing out on something important. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, our our website we we use a package, um, and we have done since we set it up. But so I could have because like, a lot of other people have like an out of print section, don't they, on their websites? And we, I think, at the moment, we if we did that, it was we'd have an out of print section, great, but it would it would just show out of stock, where people would get in contact, say, "How can I buy this?" or whatever. Um, and but also it would because it would show it would have to show up in like the general listing of everything as well. We've got I've got no way of making sure it doesn't do that. So yeah, maybe we need to maybe we need like a just a page of it written down or something. I don't know. That's a great yeah, idea. I appreciate that. I'll, um, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and then we don't have any interns, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll pull to me, I'm afraid. But uh, <laughs> okay. yeah, it's a good idea. I like it. There's, there's enough degenerates like me out there that are just curious. So rather than, you know, it be curated by a third party who's probably not complete, just wanted to pass that on. Um, uh, Richard, it's been uh, it, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Um, there, there's a hundred other questions I have. Um, so maybe in a year or two, uh, we, we can, you know, try to get back on and do this again. But I just, I, I, I'm so glad people get to hear your voice. And uh, I, I disagree with your assessment of yourself. I think you're yeah, you're you're natural at this, and I think you have great stories. And so, just thanks for making some time today. Well, no, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for yeah, thank you for persisting anyway and bothering me and making this happen. So, yeah, I um yeah, it was good, and I'm happily happily coming again. Mm -hmm.